Grass talk. Nah, 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 nah. Talking grass, grass, grass talk. Coming together for cross talk. This really is a show that demands a theme song. Or I something. would agree. It, it needs something like cross talk. Can we outsource this to listeners? Yes. I don't know if any of you are committed enough to make us an intro song, but I would love to hear something. We'll play it. You you send us a cross talk intro song, and it's gonna get on this airway. Well, let me give you some boundaries. <laughs> It's got to be short and sweet, baby. <laughs> yeah, don't send us any 10-minute opuses of, yeah. uh, you know, violins and... And don't rhyme Donnie Cates with Master Bates. Uh, although I'll... clever, <laughs> not not the place. <laughs> We've given them a lot of don'ts. Any do's you want to give them? Everything else. The world is your oyster yeah. after that. Use I want more any instrument. pan pipe. <laughs> <laughs> if you don't know, you just stumbled into Crosstalk. 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 We used to be First Issue Club. And now, we still are. <laughs> and we still are. <laughs> yeah, that isn't... Okay. That hasn't changed. But now we're releasing Crosstalk. The first time ever, First Issue Club is diving into a review of a number two, and which will be also a review of a number three, a number four, a number five, a number six, and however long Crossover goes, Crosstalk will be there with you covering all... Every single issue. It's a sub show within a show. Is that? It's kind of our own crossover. It's like the Seinfeld of podcasting. It's a show about nothing. Everybody. It's a show about a very specific thing. Yeah. <laughs> Take oh, it shit. back. So it's not Seinfeld. <laughs> it's wings. <laughs> the only other thing it could be. Well, and I should say this. I think this is the only crossover podcast ever. So we're the first in that. Yes, and we will be the last. <laughs> wow, that sounds threatening. <laughs> We're just here to have a good time. Well, he didn't say we'll be the only. He just said we'll be the last. Yes, we'll be the last man standing. It's not the first time we've come up with a new idea and had to take other people out with it. <laughs> there are a lot of people talking about Crossover, the comic book, for many different reasons that we're going to get into. The second thing they're talking about is First Issue Club doing a sub-genre thing, their own crossover, Crosstalk. We're here with that thing that they're talking about. You've entered into it. This is the second book of Crossover. I'm going to need so much drums to get out of that. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, This is number two. If you don't know, the first issue of Crossover already happened. Donny Cates, Jeff Shaw of what fame? Oh, God. Well, let me just name them off here. God Country, Redneck, Thanos Wins. I mean, it's a power couple, baby. They're the dynamic duo. You thought it was uh, Donny Cates and Ryan Stegman? Well, it's also that too, but it's also (laughs) Jeff Shaw and Donny Cates. (laughs) Some things you need to know about Crossover. Highly anticipated because there are going to be crossovers. There's rumored to be lots of different heroes from other comic books, not only in the image world where this is published, but likely even outside of the image world, which we could even get into in this episode. The other thing that they're doing is they're mentioning authors and illustrators and creators by name, and they're really diving into the world of collecting comic books, being at a comic book store, what it is to be a reader within its own adventure story. Mm -hmm. It's a comic book for comic book fans. Which is weird to say because Aren't all comics supposed to be for comic book fans? Here's the thing. There's a lot of comic books that try to say this is a, a love of comics or for like a, it's a, a love letter. A, an homage, yeah, to, to comics. This is the end-all be-all of that. There shouldn't be any more. This should be the last. <laughs> yeah. This, this is the comic book that truly took on that mantle. 
it's doing it in a really creative, fun way. I, Greg and I might have even talked about this on the earlier episode. You should listen to First Issue Club plug for the mainline feed. What I would recommend is listening to an entire episode that Greg and I recorded and devoted to the first issue. Uh, but a, a lot of homage stories do this corny, hokey thing where it's this noir set back in time, mm-hmm. campy, over-the-top, like, cereal box sort of story that doesn't translate now. Like, you're not you're writing a love letter to, to a genre that doesn't exist anymore. It bizar- belongs in a museum, not in... Uh... Not in my hand. A $4 piece of paper, yeah. (laughs) So have we done enough setup to be able to dive into number two? Yeah, so uh, a quick recap. A quick recap of issue number one. Great. We get introduced to the world. We get introduced to our main characters, Ellipses and the young man, Orion, uh, who goes by Ryan. Their main purpose in this cult is to destroy any kind of comic book or any kind of material that has comic book paraphernalia on it. Because uh, they think that these superheroes are ruining our quote-unquote real world and destroying it. They're choosing to combat it with violence and like harmful rhetoric that is largely based in religion. Yes. They're choosing not to give peace a chance. (laughs) (laughs) The climax of the issue was that we find a kid who has made it out of the bubble who's like a comic book person. She's like halftone styled, like a vintage comic, looks really cool in contrast to the other art style. And we find that she was rescued by a character who she draws and can be mistaken for no one else other than Superman. On an image comic book. Mm-hmm. Blew my mind. I got chills when I turned that page. Yep. And that was the last page of the comic. Ooh. So now you're we've recapped issue one and we go right into issue two with some very interesting imagery from different superheroes from all over the publishing world. What did you guys think about that? My mind like broke from the very first panel because <laughs> they they started with saying something about Brian K. Vaughn and they called him from like from Marvel fame. And then the main one of the main characters is basically like Brian K. Vaughn from Marvel fame. Come on. And they're like doing this meta criticism because it's like obvious that you would know him from either Why the Last Man or Saga. But the news, of course, who's not in comic book world would call him Marvel fame or whatever. Well, and even Elle's like the Runaways guy. They later take the joke on and Elle goes the Runaways guy and they do a panel with no words where he just looks at her and is like, what the fuck? (laughs) We've all heard these conversations in the comic book shop a thousand times before. So like to have that panel snuck in there was fucking brilliant. I love it. We're not like, we're not worried about accessibility in this book at all like it's very inside and it's for us we're the people who go to the comic shop every week to buy comics like it's awesome that there's something so specific and honed into the thing we love and it's also mentioning the authors that we love by name yes chip zadarsky robert kirkman scott uh, snyder todd mcfarlane yeah like it's crazy how much this book is for us we got a glimpse into some of the prison camps. One of the things we mentioned, the bubble that traps or force field, I guess, that traps heroes in most of the metropolitan area of Denver mm-hmm. um, happened while some heroes were on the outskirts of the city. Yeah. So some people were wrangled. We see a bunch of arms hanging out of jail cells. Mm-hmm. And, you know, we're seeing what could not be mistaken for anyone else other than the thing. Yep. Spider-Man. Mm-hmm. 
Spawn. Yep. Batman. Batman. Wonder Woman. Wonder Woman. Yep. Madman. Uh, that's debatable, but it was close to Madman, I think. But it was it was very reminiscent of a double splash panel from Spawn number eight from the early nineties. Yeah, where they did the same thing, and that panel, as a kid, melted my brain because it was the first time where I was just like, these guys aren't supposed to be in this comic. What the fuck is happening? And Donny Cates took that uh, and doubled down on it, and was just like, let's make a whole fucking series about that then. Let me pause for a very illustrious moment here. Oh, God. <laughs> Greg notices that. He tweets at Donny Cates and says, hey, was this inspired? Donny Cates acknowledges it. Yeah. Thus bringing First Issue Club into crossover. Now we're in crossover. We're, <laughs> we're going to try to insert ourselves as much as possible. <laughs> yeah. First Issue Club is now in crossover, and we're loving it. Yeah, it's great here. The world is your oyster. Here, I mean, it is kind of crazy that like Donny Gates is creating a world where he can pull in anything. It's speculated that there's this fake video that's yeah. out. Yeah, Robert Kirkman just dropped this kind of weird video on his personal YouTube saying that Image called him and found an old comic book that him and Ryan Otley had done right after Invincible. And the funny thing was, it wasn't a first issue that they found, it was issue 17 which makes you infer that there was other issues that we should have been reading already. So there's there's this kind of like meta fun game that Donny Cates and other creators are playing where it's just like this world lives outside of the comic book now. Like it's it's making it more of like this weird Truman show scenario where it's just like the crossover isn't a comic book event anymore. It's now a, like an art piece. It's a happening. It's like it's interactive. Yeah, that that comic book may exist in the crossover universe, and now it's intruding into our world, which is like a multi-layered yeah. mind fuck. Which is just like I said it in the episode where we did issue number one. If Donny Cates has officially brokered a deal between every publisher to be like, "Hey, can I borrow your characters for like one issue?" Just to get some fun like fan service going on, it's the best thing that's happened to comic books. In decades. It's the thing that needs... Sometimes you read too much of an artwork and you just start to say everything's bad. If you're that person that's read too many comic books, this is the comic book that you're like, oh shit, this broke me. This broke it. This figured out how to do it differently. Yeah. And it's also a damn good story. The main character, L, is that how you say it? From yeah. a, a, Her name's Ellipses, but they call her L. Is constantly cosplaying and in this issue you found out was also secretly living in the comic book store that got blown up in the first issue and is now a refugee <laughs> and i love that like yeah it could be all of that weird crossover comic book world but it also could just be a cool story about these comic book store owning friends we should mention that ryan the orion character blew up the comic book shop in a religious kind of show of force of just like we're not going to accept this stuff in our well, town he was, anymore he was doing the bidding of his of his dad the leader puppy yes and so he's then turned over to like this weird law enforcement guy who has a office that is surrounded in comic books surrounded in comic book paraphernalia like i saw ant-man's helmet i saw a piece of kryptonite i saw other things like it was fun looking for those little easter eggs in this guy's office well and not only that but to like realize that that's how he has to do his research on how to combat them yeah like that kind of gave me the thought like i could do that guy's job like i could fight <laughs> those superheroes you would know how to target their weaknesses 
And so what comes out in that room is that there is this, there's the bubble where there's lots of actual havoc going on somewhere in Colorado. And then there's all these people that didn't quite get put into the bubble. Mm -hmm. And this organization is trying to round them up and keep them in camps or... Yeah, it's kind of dark. It's like concentration camp yeah, style. Yeah, it is very much concentration Because it's camp. also separated between those who they aren't sure if ha- if they have powers or not. So a lot of parallels to like ice detainment camps um, like here. But like it, it's, it's interesting because he's going to get recruited to work for them, but he's still very much being pitted against as her love interest at the whole time this is going on. It straight, up, it straight up says narratively yeah. they're going to love each other. Yeah. Which the narrator in this, we're getting more insight on as this book unfolds. As Even when the book starts, it's like the end of the world. And then it's like, no, wait, I'm way ahead of myself. This part's going to come first. Yes. So there's, there's some omniscient narrator mm-hmm. who seems to be writing the book or playing the cards of all the characters. This kid, Orion, is given a note that tonally matches... Our narrator, I think, right? Did you guys gather that or infer yes. the same thing? Yeah, well, it, it almost sounds like it's someone from the future. It was like signed dot dot dot. I don't mm-hmm. know if it's from Ellipses. Or, or their kid or who knows. It could have like... been the parents or something like that. So a couple of things that are interesting about this comic book is that Donny Cates promises that number three is the book to own and then also number six. So number three across a lot of shops is sold out likely because of some cameo appearance that's going to happen or whatever. And people know when Donny Cates says something's going to happen, like when he revealed Eddie Brock's son or various things, he's honest about these PR things. They're not PR stunts, and the Mm -hmm. books go bananas. So people are like, yep, he said it. It's going to happen. Yeah, killed Galactus. It happened. (laughs) And so there's that. I think that there's also references to stuff that are it's essentially like breadcrumbs of like who could that be so this person that is keeping the concentration camp says well we did mess with this one superhero who had this essentially technology that would nullify all superpowers so we actually put that in the jail cell with everybody which i don't know what that is but i bet that's an existing piece of tech somewhere in comic book world that they were able to grab well they hand orion the bullet. The bullet has the same tech that dampens superheroes' powers. It's like a bright glowing green. And I was like, is that a kryptonite bullet? It looks like a kryptonite Is bullet. that for Superman? Is he, this kid supposed to kill Superman? The other thing that is alluded to is that there's some superhero that can tell the future and is super powerful and is not affected by this nullifying device mm-hmm. that's sending these messages. I mm-hmm. think that's who our narrator is. Yeah. Is that what it is? Okay, yeah. sorry, yeah. Which, if it turns out to be Donny Cates... <laughs> it could be Donny Cates. I mean, oh, he I could have written funny himself would that be? So that's like the, the the classic Stephen King thing that he did in Dark Tower, yeah. is that like he eventually... You, you go to Stephen King writing, writing the Dark Tower. Oh, cool. <laughs> <laughs> Donny Cates is a lot cooler than Stephen King, though. Um, it, Stephen okay. King's pretty cool. He's an, yeah, he's an all right guy. Yeah, yeah. Stephen right. King did cocaine. He's pretty cool. Well, well and is the assumption that you can't break through the dome? So we don't know if you can get in or out of the dome at this no. point. Yeah. Our, our lead characters are foggy to that, too. I don't think they've ever tried. Why would you? It's like mass chaos in there, apparently. Or it's what you're led to believe. We, the, we, I don't think we as the reader have seen 
much of that. There's like a flash of Shazam mm-hmm. inside the dome, I think. But other than that, we haven't seen too, too much, right? No, that's like a callback to issue one where like they first appear mm-hmm. from wherever they came from. You get all this carnage and bloodshed, and then the dome is constructed to to keep them all in. Yeah. So who knows what's in that dome now? Mm-hmm. I mean, I you would speculate that they can go under it, like, oh, dig like under. through the sewers or whatever. Oh, TMNT style? Yeah, Are yeah. TMNT going to be in this? Holy fucking <laughs> shit. <laughs> I mean, were they under the image umbrella ever? Uh, yeah. There's a couple image books that are that they have. So yeah, they. I don't know how that works. So if you see any turtles eating pizza, we can assume. So- <laughs> in in theory, this is like what Ready Player One, the movie, wanted to do, but couldn't get the licenseship to do with yeah. Steven Spielberg. Oh God! And it like was a like thinking about mediocre it. movie at best. Yeah. And it's here. It's like I think. I would imagine, I don't know, but Donnie Cates probably was like, let me cast these reels out and see what I can get, and then I'm going to put that into the story, which yeah. makes like a such a better... A ton of piece. foresight into what he can actually work with, so... This book has this re-readability power that I haven't run into in a lot of books, whereas like you're going through it looking for clues. I just haven't yeah. had that excitement to go through something and try to find something that somebody else hasn't found since like, I think like since watching lost, to be honest, that's what it felt like is like trying to find a little clue of to like know what's coming next. That's brilliant. It's amazing. It's, and it doesn't spoil it that Donny Cates is kind of just like, yeah, I'm leaving clues in all of these pages. It almost makes it fun to try to find them and then go online and be like, okay, what did I miss? And like, what are people seeing that I'm not seeing? He really is making it more of an engaging uh, process. Like, so many times comic books is kind of this lonely thing of you go to your shop, you don't talk to anybody, you bring your books back and you read them in your basement or your room, and then you put them in your sleeves and you put them away. Donny Cates has flipped that and says, like, no, let's talk about these things. Let's fucking have a dialogue and let's, you know, share these moments that we're having reading this book. He's also riffing with other creators through the actual panels. Like... Mm -hmm fucking with them or like talking to them or and killing stuff. them yeah or <laughs> killing them which is just so good uh the the book ends with a, a cliffhanger a good cliffhanger you you think the the main character sorry the refugee character the two-tone character that was in the comic book shop who's now in their house is a seemingly just a lost girl mm-hmm well, and she says, like, there are a bunch of people without powers in these camps, so you're just like, oh, they just happen to come from another verse where they coexisted with people with powers, just looked like this, looked different, totally harmless, just being persecuted for no reason. And the comic book store owner says something which kind of perceived Vi'el to be, like, racist or uh, xenophobic in that, like, I don't even know what that girl could be. She could be an atom bomb or whatever. And, like, Elle is like, come on. Like, it's a girl. Like, we need to get her yeah. back home or Just because she's from a comic book doesn't mean she's dangerous. Well, well, he doesn't say X-Men, but he's like, she could be a mutant and her powers haven't manifested yeah. yet. Which yes, yeah. Which is how X-Men works. You turn, like, a certain age and then all your stuff switches on. And in, and is, in theory, referencing, like, a dark phoenix or the phoenix in, in some ways that, 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 that this could be an atom bomb and she doesn't know it. Yeah. She could have very intense powers. And... You find out in the last panel as she fries a rat with her eyes that she does indeed have powers. (laughs) Mm -hmm. 
I also love that they live in a rat-infested house and are not bothered by it. Yeah, the guy's just like, kick him out of the way. They're fine. They're not going to get you. I think it's just like there's a lot of really strange parallels between our real lives that we live in every day and this comic book that Donny Cates is playing with that is just brilliant. There's there's the uh, separate camps for people. There's the, the hatred for people that are different. There's just like the the ongoing violence. It's just like he's making it uh, a digestible like commentary on the world at large and the comic book community. And it's, it's, it's masterful. I cannot wait for this to come every single month. And I haven't been this excited about a comic book in a very, very long time. I know. So we started this show. Crosstalk. 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 We're talking crosstalk. Yeah, yeah, talking crosstalk. Please, someone make us an intro and outro. <laughs> we're just doing the crossfire theme. Remember that toy? Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. I think that's kind of what we're all crosstalk. going back to. Crosstalk. You'll get caught up in the crosstalk. <laughs> it's another comic book. Crosstalk. Donnie crosstalk. Kitchen Jeff Shaw. This has to stop. Okay. <laughs> That is, uh, that's Crosstalk. That's what we are going to do. Every time there's a new crossover, we're going to pop in here. We're going to record an episode of Crosstalk. And uh, if you like it, let us know. Check it out. Stay tuned. It's, uh, it's going to be fun for us. We hope it's fun for you. Um, it's, it's the thing. It's the thing to talk about. <laughs>